Hello and welcome to the latest edition of It's All White, the Fulham podcast by us here at Trinity Mirror. My name's Lee Wilmot, I'm the host for today. I'm joined by our Fulham reporter, Ryan O'Donovan. Hi, Ryan. Hello. And we've got our Queen's Park Rangers reporter, Phil Spencer, with us as well. Hi, Phil. Um, Let's get started um, and talk about um, Fulham and what is poor form, really. Um, Ryan, it's concerning um, looking in from the outside is it concerning being the reporter and, and knowing what happens day to day as, as to why Fulham are struggling at the minute? Yeah it is concerning I mean last week we spoke quite in depth about obviously Fulham's problems are and what, what's happened over the October period in between the last international break and this one so I think looking in I think people are going to see Fulham sitting around 17th position only winning four games all season and they're think wow what's going on there but when you look at the, from the inside you can see the problems and what problems are there. You know, they've got a, a very weak defence at the moment. The side leaking goals from from all manner of play, especially set pieces, which is which is very concerning. You know, we shouldn't be conceding so easily from set pieces if you've got aspirations for the Premier yeah. League. And you've got to look as well in midfield at the moment. There doesn't seem to be any creative spark there. You, you look at them against Wolves, and once they got into the final third, the Wolves let them happily let them have the ball. They got into a final third and there was just nothing about them. It's been the same for the last four or five games. They just don't look like they're going to score any goals. But, you know, you look at last season, it's a massive, massive difference with the size top goal scorers. And every time they got the ball into the, this, the other half of the pitch, they look like they're going to hit the back of their net. So it is, it is concerning. But then you look at how to, to solve these problems. And it, it's a mystery at the moment because it's the same players from last season. You know, the, the same players are there. They proved they could defend relatively well last season. It was still a weak point last season, but they defended better than they are this year. You look at the midfield, it's still the same, and they've added options up front. Obviously, those options aren't working at the moment. Kamara's not scoring, and neither's Font, and I don't, I don't know why they're not in the back of the net. They just look like they're completely devoid of confidence in front of goal. So, yeah, I mean, these are all problems that are going to have to have needed to be addressed over this international break, otherwise... You've got such a thick and heavy period of games yeah. coming up towards the next one. The next one's not till like March time, I don't think. You know, by, by the time March comes, if Fulham haven't sorted themselves out here, you know, it's just going to be a, a meaningless season for them. Well, yeah, you look at the table, and um, it's a good opportunity to bring Phil in now, because um, Fulham are the lowest of our Get West London sides in the table at the moment, which no one would have predicted um, at the start of the season. There's got to be there's got to be some kind of lift um, because I think Jukanovic is probably going to be under pressure if he's not already, isn't he? If it, if it carries on. Yeah, I mean, looking at it, he's four games four, four games one out of sixteen. It's not it's not good reading for him. I know they've only lost to five, but you'd expect them at this stage in the season to have one more games than that. And the way they're performing just hasn't been good enough. So yeah, he's gonna he's gonna be under pressure. Of course, any manager, no matter who they are on that run of form would be under pressure, but whether or not he should go, like some fans are saying, I'm not in that camp, I don't, I don't think he should go, he's obviously good enough for, to get for the out of this division, he saw the first season, you know, he steered away from relegation and then changed it around completely last season, and haven't played the best football in the division, so to, to suck him based on 16 games this season, I think would be very short-sighted from, from Fulham, and you know, he's, he's got Watford tonight before, and he obviously... He has Fulham playing the right way. It just doesn't seem to be clicking at the moment. And it is down to him whether he gets them clicking or not. But 
to, to get rid of him when confidence is shot to pieces at the moment and off the field issues, it just wouldn't make sense for me. I think the, uh, the next few weeks is going to be crucial because, as Ryan mentioned, the, uh, the fixtures come thick and fast, uh, particularly in the uh, in the run up to the Christmas period, and uh, the situation can it can change massively either way over these next few weeks. It can it can work in Fulham's favour. I'm just looking at the table here. They're they what the seven points off the off the playoffs at the moment. So uh, a couple of decent results can like put, put them right back up the table. But if, if things don't go well and they find themselves in the middle of January in the in the same position as what they are now. Uh, the table will start to spread itself out a little bit, and that'll be a, a much different, much more difficult task to, uh, to find the way up to the top end of the table as well. So uh, I think it's a crucial time for uh, for Fulham really, and particularly for uh, you, Cambridge. You mentioned the Championship table; it's, it's it's such a tight division at the moment. You know, I've said it for a while. There's no particular team that stands out to me. So although Fulham are on a bad run of form, a very bad run of form at the moment, as you said, if they go and if they come back from this international break. Playing better football, having sorted things out, and go on a run of four or five wins over Christmas, they're looking straight back into the playoff races. It's that tight at the moment, and it's, it's the same for QPR. You come, you know, that if they go on a good run of form, they, they could be looking up rather than down. That's it. I mean, just before the, uh, the Nottingham Forest game for QPR, there were, there were two points off the playoff positions, and obviously everyone's looking up. And then now you look at the table, and they're the 15th in the league. So, but one result uh, can yeah. change things massively, and it's it's so saturated in the middle of the table, but. I think over the next few weeks it will start to uh, spread out a little bit and uh, that's why it's going to be so crucial for Fulham to, to start getting some wins on the board. I think if Fulham want to be here, they have to start getting a lot of form together now because the longer they leave it, the longer you're going to, you know, towards the new year on a full run of form. I mean, at the moment they're probably going to need to win six, seven games on the trot if they realistically mm. want to finish in the playoffs and they've got to start doing that sooner than later. They've got to sort, sort this form out because the, the longer they leave it to try and come up with, with this run, the, the, the harder they make it for themselves to, to finish there and thereabouts to come the end of the season. And at the moment, it, it just don't look like a team that are worthy of the playoffs. You say no team stands out. You're not that impressed by Wolves um, from what you saw of them before the international break? No, because Wolves didn't have to get out of second gear for the whole game. And it, was a, it was a training game for them. Wolves are obviously the best side in this division, but Fulham made it so easy for them to score from a two set pieces that you know, you could have written the match report in 25 minutes for that <laughs> game because. Fulham Did you? No, 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 no. <laughs> Fulham just had nothing about them. You know, they weren't any attacking threat. Wolves let them have the ball in their half, and then when they got towards that final third, they put pressure on them and tackled them. So, yeah, they, Fulham didn't need to, uh, Wolves didn't need to look good in that game. So, although this moment stood out for me, Wolves clearly the best side in the division, but from watching them against Fulham, they didn't need to be yeah. at that top level to beat Fulham because Fulham just rolled over. You mentioned um, the fans, obviously, and some aspects potentially calling for the manager's head, but by and large, they, they haven't turned uh, on the team yet, have they? Or, or No, I don't think they've turned. I think the vast majority, I say vast majority, I think the majority are still in favour of Jukanovic staying, but, you know, there's a, there's, there's a vocal group that are calling for, calling for his head somewhat, you know, there are people out there that don't want Jukanovic to be at the club anymore. And the same for the cons, which, you know, I, I think, despite all the background stuff with Craig Klein, I think the Colin family have the best interest of Fulham at heart. And I do think the way forward with Fulham Football Club is with the cons at the helm. But, yeah, there are, there are people that do want Jukanovic out. And everybody's football, everyone's going to have yeah. a different opinion. But for me at the moment, it just wouldn't be the right time, nor 
the right thing to do is to get rid of Jukanovic. Yeah, I think you, get, you can completely understand why uh, why the pressure is mounting on uh, on Jukanovic, though, because as Ryan mentioned, the team is largely the same as what it was last season, and the expectation was that they were going to potentially go one step further than what they did last year, and uh, should have been challenging for the uh, for the top two, and it's just really not panning out that way. Uh, even if they had a slow start to the season, you'd still think that they'd be in and around the kind of playoff positions at the moment and kind of like building that challenge towards the top two. Uh, but the fact that they're not, you can yeah, you can really understand why why they're not happy with the management. And if, if the players are the same as last year, the, the attention does fall on the, on the manager and the job he's doing. You mentioned that slow start. Like A few teams have had a slow start, but they've gradually picked themselves out of it. And at the start of the season, you can see Fulham were, were slow getting into things, but you always had to believe that come around this time, they would have found their form, would have found their passing and their rhythm a bit. But it's, it's been a slow start and it's just carried all the way through every month into into this international break. And, you know, they've got to get that sluggishness out of them. You can't blame a playoff hangover lasting all the way until November. No. It's ridiculous. Like, you can blame one in all this time, maybe you might get away with it then. But coming into November, still having sluggish games, not finding a rhythm, you know, there's not really an excuse for it. Yeah, they're not the only ones though, are they? Reading are struggling, um, beaten in the playoffs last year. Um, Sheffield Wednesday as well, not exactly um, anything to write home about so far this season. So um, perhaps there is something uh, in uh, the playoffs and, and not being able to get over it from last season. Yeah, all three teams that didn't go up to the playoffs last year seem to be struggling this year. But you know, maybe that's down to agreement. Maybe they looked at it and thought, we were good last season. You know, we don't really need to strengthen as much as other teams do. Yeah. They've been bitten by it because other teams have strengthened. And perhaps that recruitment has lifted them above Fulham and Reading, Sheffield Wednesday, whereas Fulham, you know, they, they had the players that were leaked top goal scorers last year, signing that, you know, lethal striker wasn't deemed as high priority. The, the centre back to which one of wasn't deemed that high priority, they got Marcelo Jallo instead. So perhaps you can look at it that way that these three teams, because they were so good last year, thought, you know what, we don't need, we've got the good side here, we've kept most of our players, we don't need to strengthen as much as we might necessarily do if we finish outside the playoffs we can we can go that step further and maybe they're, they're struggling with it now i want to play um devil's advocate here um everyone expected fulham to kick on from last season and be as good if not better this season did they overperform last season um i, I don't think they did because you know they had their they had a good start to the season and they went for a sticky patch. But then coming off the back of January, you know, there was no team that could touch them, whether they were Newcastle or Huddersfield. So I don't necessarily think they could. They were overperforming. Maybe injuries went their way. They didn't get any major injuries last season, which meant they could play the same team over and over again. And I think, although it's a long time ago now, the playoffs, Johansson got injured against Huddersfield, and he was rushed back for the Wednesday game and rushed into the playoffs, and he looked off the ball for me. And he's still struggling with a groin injury now. So I think maybe that had an impact on their playoffs and injuries are clearly having an effect now as well. They've struggled with injuries a lot. So maybe the luck they had with injuries last season is mm. now evening itself out this year. But to say they haven't performed, I don't think so. They've clearly got the players good enough to perform like that. It's just not clicked this season if you want. Fair enough. Um, You've mentioned injuries there. It's, uh, it's a good segue into kind of the next topic of discussion. Um, Lucas Piazon. Shay Ojo, um, both working their way back to fitness. How much have Fulham missed those two? See, this is quite a debatable subject within Fulham circles. Shay Ojo, you know, he had his first full training session on Monday. So he's obviously dislocated his shoulder against QPR and he's back now 
training, looking to make his way into the into the squad again. And people, for some reason, seem to think that Shea Yojo hasn't been a good player for, for Fulham this season. But I, I think it's the complete opposite. You know, he's obviously he might not be everyone's favourite player. His style of play might not be pleasing on the eyes of everyone. But he's been their, he was their most direct threat before in the games before he got injured. And I don't think it's any coincidence that Fulham's struggling in front of goal and struggling to create things, having missed Shea Yojo. Liverpool highly rate him, and there's a reason why they highly rate him. You know, he, he, Jukanovic rates him as well. He's starting every game for him before he got injured. And although he's not scored the goals that people perhaps expected him to do, it's he's attacking threat, and, you know, he's he's attacking balls in the box, he's, he's passes in dangerous areas, it's all of that type of stuff that all adds up to creating Fulham and attacking threat like yeah. should be. So I think, I think Fulham will miss Shea Yojo massively. And I, I, I think once he's fully fit, he'll be going straight back into the squad, because Jukanovic obviously rates him as well. And you look at Lucas Piazon. Started the season so well, didn't he? Started the season so well, and then you get such an unfortunate leg break, and then you've got to start all over again. But the club reckon he'll be back in by December, same with Ojo. So I think Fulham have missed them too massively. And then you add those two attacking players into your sides, and you've got a different proposition up front. If you play Piazon and Ojo with um, a font up front, that's a completely different, yeah. different setting than the ones you've got at the moment. So... And then potentially a new striker in January yeah, anyway. Potentially a new striker in January, depending on how the whole transfer thing goes now that Craig Flanders left the club. You know, it still remains to be seen how the club are going to go going forward from here. There's been very little in terms of what happens next. Obviously, James Noble's been appointed, but what that means for Fulham is still unclear. So we're going to have to wait until January to see what kind of route they go down from there. But yeah, I mean, adding Piazza to the squad, he's, oh, he's a good player. You know, there's no doubt in that. He's going to have quality to it. So it'll be interesting to see after December how much of attacking threat Fulham carry when you've got Piazza and Mojo back in the squad. Yeah. Um, we've talked about the fans uh, and whether they've turned. Um, from what you know, what's what's morale in, inside the camp like? I think it's pretty poor to be honest. You know, you look at their body language against Wolves and they look dejected, they look down on the dumps. You know, some of the players have to be dragged over to the fans to clap them afterwards, and it just doesn't look like a happy environment at the moment. I think the international break came at, at the right time to let people have a little bit of a break, get their get their heads set in the, in the right place, and come back refreshed for for, the, for what is a, a big challenge now, trying to get them into the playoffs. So I think before the international break, though, it, it, the body language was poor. They didn't look like they were confident in themselves, their ability, and it's a stark difference to last season. Mm. Them before the Newcastle game, they looked like they were going to, you know, even the bet against them to lose that game because they looked like they were going to go out there. Absolutely pummel anyone, and it's just it, the body language just looks so different compared to last season. You know, they all look rejected, there's not that zip in the warm up or anything like that. So, I think the international break will have allowed them to, to hopefully get their mind right. I know they've had some time off time to go back to family and they've been back in training, but then they had the behind closed doors friendly against Southampton and they got absolutely demolished 5 1 in that game. Yeah, and that was with people can say oh, it was only a friendly, but you know, you had some. Big players playing that first 40 minutes. Tom Kelly was playing, Kevin McDonald was playing, Ben Eddie was playing, Michael Maddell, some people are calling to be put back in at centre back was playing. So And when morale is low, low you don't want a five on defeat, yeah. You go for a friendly game to get the fitness up and you get absolutely trashed by a strong Southampton side. It's not really what you want. So it'd be interesting to see how they come back for this Derby County game on Saturday and see what their body language is like warming up and how they approach the game. What what can players and teams do, Phil, to, to 
to build morale and, and build confidence? Is it just a case of winning games, which is obviously easier said than done? It's, it's really simplistic, but yeah, basically, it's um, all, all we need to do is um, it's just about getting a victory by, by hook or by crook. It doesn't matter how they do it in the first place. If it's a 1-0 victory and it's, it's an own goal, it doesn't matter how it happens, but just getting that three points on the board, I think, in the championship... Off Kamara's backside, maybe. in a position yeah, by Christmas and Is um, Rui Font a good finisher on, on FIFA, by the way? I've played as Fulham a couple of times, so I'm, I'm waiting to see that, that Rui Font from the video game come out onto the pitch. He's the best finisher in football manager as well. Yeah, well, I think everyone's waiting to see it, kind of, aren't they? The, what, what everyone believes. He's definitely got it about him. You know, he's previous club at Braga, he's scoring goals. One in three, as my story picked up on my match last time. <laughs> so he's near one in three. But that's still a good ratio for, for any striker, especially in the Portuguese league. So he's obviously got it about him, I just don't know why, you know, it's just not clicking from the moment. It takes time to adapt, doesn't it? Yeah, but he's been in England before, hasn't he? Yeah. Palace and Arsenal, so he's, 
It was a different time then. But I don't know, you know, it's, it's clearly frustrating him, it's clearly frustrating the fans, but Jokanovic is keeping faith, and I think so long as he's got Jokanovic's favour, he's got the opportunity to, to hit the back of the net and get his confidence up. I'm just 33, by the way. Um, <laughs> finally, we'll, uh, we'll just have a quick chat about um, the weekend, the international break. Um, we're midway through now. Uh, Derby County this weekend. They're going into it off the back of a home defeat to Reading. Um, how, do we, how do we see this one panning out? It's going to be a tough game. You know, you come back from international break with no confidence and you go into a game against Derby County, Gary Rowe won manager a month in yep. October. You know, they're on a five and one form if you don't look at that Reading game. And you're playing them in front of the Sky cameras on a half-five kickoff. You know, it's a difficult game to come back to. I'm sure Fulham would have liked someone languishing around the bottom of the table to to get their confidence going again. But you've got to play who's in front of you. It's Derby County on Saturday. They're at home. You know, they haven't had the best record at home, Fulham. So there's a whole manner of things. Chris Martin's returning, of course. You know, <laughs> that, that, that bloke. Bound to score, isn't he? He's bound to score, of course. Yeah, I don't think he's going to start into Derby, but he's bound to get thrown on in like the 75th minute. Bundle his way into the box like a fridge and head the ball into the back of the net and just annoy He'll go wild, well. won't he, in he front of the fans? Wild, yeah, after last season. The fans will despise him the minute he sets foot on the pitch, even for a warm up. So, he's um, used to that, though. He's used to that. He's used for everyone for, for some unknown <laughs> reason. I can't say why. <laughs> but, yeah, he's bound to score. Yeah, I can't, the way the conference is, I can't see Fulham, Fulham winning this game, to be honest. I think Derby will probably win it 2 1. To go with the, you know, the slightly more plus half full side of things, you, you, you've got to say though as well, Derby, they do have the tendency to, they can be a little bit hit and miss as well, and so if, if Fulham can get a victory against against a team like Derby, maybe that's the kind of result which can propel them, not not in terms of like up the league in terms of points tally, but give them the confidence going up, beating Derby, one of the teams who were going to be favourites for promotion this season, so maybe we can... Like take that result and, and move on from that as well. So it could it could go either way, really. Yeah, they'll still be looking at that game as a game they could win, and a game they should be winning, as they'll do any game this season. But if you look at form, we know Derby are hitting miss, but it's still Fulham. Mm-hmm. You know, Fulham yeah. very. You know, before this last international break, they've had a great run of form. Mm-hmm. They go into this that that international break full of confidence. They come out of it lose, don't win five games mm-hmm. into this international break. You know, no one just said that. And that's the last international break. People would have said, well, Fulham turned their corner. And they just turned the wrong, the wrong corner. The wrong corner. Yeah, the wrong corner. So, yeah, it's a game Fulham can win, but I don't think they will. Score draw. <laughs> well, for, for all of us that won't be at Craven Cottage watching it, at least we get to see um, Kit Simons and listen to his pearls of wisdom again on Sky. He's, he's normally rolled out when Fulham are on Sky, isn't he? So. Um, right, we'll leave it there, guys. Thank you very much for that. Um, another uh, It's All White podcast for you. Um, keep it uh, locked to uh, getwestlondon.co.uk for all your latest uh, Fulham news, and we will be back with another podcast next week.